0: All right, we got a winner. Oh, we got a winner. We got a winner. winner. Racing at Goldstream. And here
1: we go. It's been another week in racing, it's time to recap it And who better to do it than Michael the Magic, Two bros slash pros who cover the highs and lows Of racing around the globe on every one of their shows Real fans
0: look forward to these guys and their last thoughts Cause they know they're not talking out of their royal ascot What well, they say makes sense, so ladies and gents Sit back and relax as Blinkers Off presents The Magic Mike Show Where you hear the experts speak, The Magic Mike Show Tune into the show every week, the Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb, because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com. What's up everybody, I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And this is the Magic Mike Show episode 337, Mr. Summich. Huzzah! Yeah, I'm just going to let you take over, because uh, I don't have nothing to say. Uh, Yeah, the best thing I saw was going to be Sam
1: Houston, Uh, up until I scooped the pick six at Aqueduct about 20 minutes ago. So that is going to go ahead and be the best thing I
0: saw today. I mean, my God, it's not it, – I was telling you right before we went there, it's not just that you scooped it because I've seen you scoop before, which is, I mean, awesome in and of itself. But uh, you did it on a $64 ticket, and it paid almost $27,000. The ROI on that is, oh.
1: It, it actually paid 31000 and they, <laughs> they got me for taxes. <laughs> so I got but, – so, but, yeah, uh, that, was, that was a lot of fun. It's, it's crazy, too. If you go back and look at the sequence, the largest winner was twelve dollars in all six races but we beat a two to five shot we beat a three to five shot and you combine that and you, and you kind of have these seven or five to one shots four to one shots that win uh it's amazing what these things can pay i mentioned how much i like the low takeout that's why we talked about sam houston yesterday uh the N- naira pick six is a dollar denomination with a 12 percent takeout any day there's not a carryover it's a heck of a bet you get the pools that are around you know 40 to fifty thousand bucks and then bam uh you're good to go oh wow uh, so yeah, so it's uh, it's all about just trying to find those bets that I think are, are valuable, and you kind of get in with a low takeout. So those twelve percent Naira Pick Sixes are great, man. Those are pretty
0: awesome. That was uh, incredible. Well, and I was working; uh, it had some stuff with colts and doctor's appointments. So I've been kind of running around and wasn't paying attention to Twitter. And as soon as I got home, I was recording a preview with Jerry, which we'll have the preview for the Sandy Neds Stakes, which is the Kentucky Oaks prep this weekend. It'll be up at YouTube.com/slash Racing Dude shortly. But uh, we were recording that, and we went straight from that into finalizing prep for the show. And then you popped on, and I was like. Boy, it's been kind of a day, and I was just going to complain about having doctor's appointments. You're like, it's been kind of a day for me, too. And I was like, well, you seem happy. You tell me yours first, and you said it. And I was like, I don't even want to do a show now. <laughs> <laughs> That's just incredible. I'm real happy for you. <laughs>
1: Thanks, man. Yeah, it was, uh, it was one of those days where you know we put out the Sama bombs and had to win in the top three in every single one. Uh, for people that, that bought that, it was just the grid only there. And I always play a short ticket in the pick six. and. Uh, luckily, today was the day that hit it. it. It's been pretty close at Aqueduct. I was all over at Aqueduct last week as well. I just missed the pick six for a huge score last weekend. So nice to finally get one home, and hopefully, Michael Myers can get the six on the call stream as well and uh, get through to those qualifiers for the weekend.
0: To qualify, to qualify. for. I thought that he was saying, when I first read it, I read it fast. And I thought it said to qualify for BCBC. And I was like, geez, let's get this home. Like, well, let's get some of Mike's good luck. Uh, we'll pause the good luck on Sam Houston and give it to Michael for, for that one. But still, yeah, good luck to you on that one.
1: They didn't take the five, the four down at Sam Houston. So Sam Houston's first race just went off. <clears throat> I started out with pick threes. Because again, dollar denomination, 12% takeout. Love me some pick threes. I singled a five. <laughs> Uh, I thought the five was going to go by top of the stretch. You heard me before Uh, we started the show. I was pretty excited about that five, and then the five didn't. And the four came out, but the four was going to win the race, so I kind of – I agree with leaving the four up, even though I clearly interviewed them.
0: Well, and, I mean, to be fair, you did have the four on as a deep ticket. It just wasn't a horse that you would used in yours because you were trying to beat also, the horse. It was
1: a four-horse race, so I'm singling in oh. that spot every time.
0: <laughs> did not realize it was a four-horse race. Uh, what is nice is that we don't have any four-horse races at Gulfstream Park this week, at least not not right now. Not good. Well, I don't think we're supposed to have any rain, but before we get into it, uh, the best thing I saw, and I wrote it down, and I forgot where I wrote it. Where did I put it? Hang on. Nope, I remember. Uh, this one, it's not scooping a pick-six pool, but you probably heard about this um, – a Seattle Kraken fan Nadia I'm not going to say her last name um it's a fun if, if this was a horse you would it'd be fun trying to make you pronounce a horse's name but did you hear about this that she was a she's a nurse or a medical student she's 22 years old she's sitting behind the bench at a Seattle Kraken game they're playing the Vancouver Canucks she's behind the Canucks bench she notices that the assistant equipment manager's got this red and brown spot on his neck and she's like she like being a medical student is like that looks that needs to be checked out. And she, like, the whole game is talking to her parents, like, do I say something to this person? Because if you think about, like, forget the fact that she identified this. This is not an acceptable social situation that she puts herself into. She types it on her phone, gets his attention at the end of the game, and in red is, like, get checked, cancel, you know, possible cancer. Um, you know, the guy ends up talking to the team doctor. He says, yeah, you need to get that checked out. They get a bypass turns out yeah like if that if he'd let it go unchecked and the doctor said in four to five years he probably would have died so vancouver returns to seattle to play again they find out who this girl is who by the way i don't know if you saw this it took her like three it took them three hours to confirm that it was her because when he put out the the, they put out the blast on social media asking to identify her her friends and family were like it's you you need to contact them she was asleep because she'd been up all night volunteering at a suicide prevention hotline center. This woman sounds like an absolute angel. She's a very much better
1: person than I am.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so she was sleeping on that, missed the phone call that's making her this celebrity. They're like, we wanted you to meet the, you know, the, the guy wants to meet you, blah, 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 will make a thing about it. And then they announced in the middle of the game uh, between periods and a commercial break that they gave her a $10,000 scholarship for yeah, med school cool. as a thank you for that the whole thing was I was like god oh, this is so cool and this happened at the end of uh, 2021 but I just had found out about a couple of days ago and I wanted to talk about it because it was such a cool story
1: yeah it's awesome man it's, it's amazing that she was sitting there she's very serendipitous that all was able to kind of come together and it's it's great that they did something for it too and so it's it's a happy ending all around and now she uh she gets a little coin to be able to, to hopefully finish up uh, med school
0: Enough of the nice stories, the nice heartwarming stories. And Jason says New York mobile betting starts Saturday. Yeah, bitches, that means it's time to get Poor into thing. Saturday's late pick four sequence of Gulfstream Park, headlined by the Tropical Turf Stakes, which Mike and I have already talked about once today, but screw it. Let's do it again, Mike. Riders up. As I mentioned, Mike kicking off the late pick four sequence at Gold Park on Saturday, uh, January 8th here. Yeah, this is stupid ads. Thanks, Equibase. Screw you, too. Uh, race 8 is the grade three. Tropical turf stakes, a one-mile turf route that attracted seven older males. And chief among them is the rail horse, Largent, who I'm surprised actually isn't the favorite. He's second choice on the morning line that is at 9 to 5. Uh, last time we saw him, Mike, he was getting nailed right on the wire by his stablemate Colonel Liam, in the Pegasus World Cup turf. Long layoff to consider, very short price here, but he's also never finished outside the exact intent career start. So I'm not going to bet him against him, are you? Uh, I,
1: I'm not. I want to say, hey, Ken, thanks for joining us, man. Glad you are able to catch us live for the first time here. Um, I'll actually let you start out with what you told me before we went on the show. Um, because oh. you, you mentioned about the, the specifically Pletcher and the connection. So why don't you talk a little about Largent there and then we'll get into the race a little bit more?
0: <laughs> yeah, well, because like I said, he was third in the, or second by I think a neck in the Pegasus World Cup turf last year. I was like, man, a long layoff. It, it feels like they should have gone to the Fort Lauderdale last month to try and prep him for that race. I wonder if they'll, they'll bring it back. And the, the connection said, we're not going to say that he's 100% cranked up, but if he does what we think he'll do, we'll be back in three weeks for the Pegasus World Cup turf. So that almost made me want to single him. I didn't, but I was like, screw it. I love this horse.
1: Yeah, I, I ended up not singling either. I am um, I'm, I'm scared of even more of Largent after you said that. This is going to be a pretty short race for me though, just because of what you said, how you mentioned. And also look, Largent looks like an absolute monster here. I think you got value proposition Who's going to be the other horse that you're going to see a bunch of play going into. For me, you're picking between the two. Which one do you like more? Um, when you look at value proposition, I'm just not sure Miles is best distance. Uh, and there's a ton of pace in this spot. He's going to have to be pretty close to it. That's how he's won in the past. I'm not sure he's going to have that kick turn for home, whereas it kind of sets up well for Largent in this spot. So I am going to use Largent. I am going to go three deep because I don't love that rail draw for Largent going two turns and having to come from off the pace. So I used Largent on top. I fell for Flying Scotsman again, man. We gave this horse out of 16-1 to 1 last year. Uh, it was it was a big horse for me in tournaments that day. Look, I mentioned how much pace there is. All the jockeys can see that as well. They all are looking at the form. They realize that there are five horses, four horses in this field that want to go. Flying Scotsman is clearly the fastest and also is the only one that has no chance of winning if he doesn't make the lead. <laughs> yeah. So you know that Sisterston is going to tell Landry, who, by the way, was on the horse at sixteen to one last year, we had him at Gulfstream. Send, 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 send.
0: Yeah. Uh, it, by the way, sorry. It's just one
1: of those spots he might get loose, and if he gets loose, and all of a sudden no one pressures him because there is all this other speed, twelve to one, and it's probably going to be twenty to one race day. Flying is scary
0: yeah I'm with you um, and I will say that Mike and I did a preview for this in depth uh, over at racing Dudes or youtube.com slash racing dudes also at racings.com but uh, where we went through this race pretty in depth and I thought I saw this race one way and then after Mike and I previewed that his his uh, um, his vote for flying Scotsman is what got my vote for him too. So I went too deep here I went one five here. One thing that you didn't mention Mike that I noticed is that this horse was gelded uh, bef- uh, before he came back in December. It's a very recent gelding job. It was just, I think September is the date for it. Uh, and then he has that race where it gets rained off the turf. And clearly, Sisterson just wanted to race into him. So you can completely scratch that off. Yes, second off the layoff for a horse that was, you know, is a stakes caliber. I can't remember if he, I think he won earlier in his career. Uh, but now he's a gelding, and they're just going to keep running him. So to me, that's a vote of confidence in him. And yeah, what what, what do they have to lose? Send him, see what happens. It, yeah, the won, Park derf course.
1: He won on a grade three. Well, it's not as derfy anymore because we have the Cepeda that everyone hates there that I secretly <laughs> love. Um, he won the grade three at Del, or grade three at Del Mar in 2018. Yeah. I didn't even notice the gelding. That's really interesting. It's also an English channel who's now six years old. It's, you know, really a five-year-old because if we just had everyone age up for no good reason. Um, you know, because it's not like we know their birthdays or anything. Oh, wait, we do. Uh, so you have an English channel who's getting older, who, you know, English channels, as they get older, generally seem to improve or at least hold where they are. Um, it's just a horse that likes Gulfstream too. I just, there's a lot to like about Flying Scotsman to me. Now let's, pretend that flying scotsman absolutely ends up in a pace duel you made fun of me for this horse and i ended up using this horse now we did the preview i didn't use the horse i am going to use the three fat man now you know i knew what? it i knew he's, it only dead closer and you mentioned the workout and you got me thinking man last time over the turf horse goes 46 and 4 it was december 31st I clearly uh ready to fire this is a really aggressive placement from sweeney who's a 14 percent trainer pretty good i don't love that he's 0 for in the graded stakes so maybe we can turn that around but it's going to be a huge price for a horse that I think is going to be coming off the pace. Five to one is a wild morning line. That's wild to me. That horse is going to go off at, like, what, 10 to 15 to one?
0: I think so. I Just because I think that the Pletcher and the Brown horse, they're going to attract a lot of attention. We didn't really talk about value proposition that much. Uh, in the preview, you mentioned that you – and I think it's pretty obvious. you got to pick one or the other. You can't use him and Largent together in your multis here. Uh, you talked about – well, I, I'm sorry. I guess you did mention that um, – the mile isn't his best. And you look at his PP, the, the form, you can see these three for six at a mile. But if you actually look at it, most of those wins came at uh, a one-turn mile. They were either Belmont or Woodby. So this horse, I'm with you. I think that this horse is, is probably not the best. I, I am a little curious to see what happens with Iraq because he just returned today from his month-long suspension vacation. So uh, I'm curious to see what kind of a fire is lit under his ass it was
1: interesting. He he took it like a champ. After the first race, he rode. Someone asked him about it, and uh, he specifically said, "Yeah, I, I I deserved it. You know, I, I paid my pe- I paid the penalty, and here I am again." Uh, tomorrow is interesting with Ired. I, uh, Thursday's Friday's card. I've already looked at. There's a lot of horses that would be significantly higher odds if Ired wasn't on them. He won at least two today. Uh, I know that. Um, but I'm trying to fade Ired tomorrow, so we'll see how that ends up going for me.
0: Uh, We'll move on to the second leg of the late pick four sequence. By the way, Michael Myers, I didn't see who won the Gulfstream uh, finale, but let us know in the chat if you uh, ended up making it. We're about Uh, to
1: break from the gate. If I'd seem distracted, I've got Gulfstream over here, Sam Houston over here. It's all going on right now.
0: (laughs) It's the Magic Mike show. Uh, The the second leg of the late pick four sequence at Gulfstream Park on Saturday, January 8th. Race nine is a six furlong optional claiming dirt sprint for Florida bred. Uh, there's nine older males in this race. Favoritism is on number eight, twice too many at nine to five. Number seven raised the rent is three to one. Where'd you go on top here?
1: Look, I thought this was a tough race. Um, I did end up with a favorite on top here at three to one, kind of lukewarm. I'm not going to go too deep or not. I'm not going to go all that deep here because I do think that there's uh, a couple, there's, there's not that much that's interesting in this spot to me. You've got a lot of horses that are either stepping up and claim or drop or have been at this level or them back down. I thought the race came up. Decently tough, but to me the seven kind of just fits what I would expect here. Breen claims this horse, you get Hernandez up off the claims this is the four-year-old Malibu malibu moon horse who's taken a nice step forward in the one bad race. If you look at that race two back on November 14th, read the, the comments are fractious and broke open gate. We talk about how I hate horses. When they break open the gate, it's pretty much a chuck for me. So I'm going to draw, draw a line through that race. If you draw a line through that race? Other three efforts are rock solid here for this horse. I think it was a great claim. I like the fact that we're protecting them off the claim. So I'm going to use the seven, raise the rent on top. My other must use was right to the inside here. The six horse, doo Don. Um, doo Don is one of those where it's interesting how much this horse has improved, but it it runs well, almost breaks its maiden, then breaks its maiden going five and a half a golf stream, steps into a 65 claimer and absolutely romps, and then gets claimed again. And the second time it gets claimed, it gets claimed by Mary Epler. So it's a owner, it's a trainer claim here. The trainer then gets Saias to ride. By the way, Saias is two for four so far with her. So she only calls him when she has horses she thinks are going to run really well. I love the fact that this horse gets claimed back-to-back races and then steps up after those two dominant wins up to a protected level for the trainer that claimed her, and you get Saias to ride. To me, it's, it's all systems go here. I think the six and seven both can be pretty tough here. So those are the two must-uses for me.
0: Yeah, uh, the six I agree with you. And so I went three deep here. You went three deep, and we agreed on two, including Don. Um, I It's it's not just that this horse was claimed and runs back protected. This horse was claimed for 62.50. If you don't know, that is literally the cheapest they run for at Gulfstream Park in the championship meet. It does not get cheaper than that. And she runs the horse back protected. Like it's like you literally just pick some dirt up off the ground. And you're like, okay, now we're protected. It's crazy. Um, uh, but I'm with you. I love everything that you said about Doo-wop, Don, I'm with you. Uh, my issue with raise the rent. Why didn't you? Use- first of all, Breen not that great off the claim, 11% with a $0.54 cent ROI. So not that great there. Uh, the win last out, the horse was Lone Speed in a six-horse field. Nobody else was close to him from a time-form early pace figure. He's not going to get that set up here. And then the maiden win that he had came. Uh, the second-place horse was a career maiden who finally won next out and then was 11th uh first time against winners and that was with saffy joseph which is i think is a horse that we're going to talk about a little later but we no, are yeah. there's a the difference i'm using that horse you're not <laughs> uh yeah so i didn't agree with you on but listen i think where we split is that you went with the seven and, and i went with the eight we can talk about that in a minute because i want to talk about the rail horse that we both agreed on who is a saffy horse uh mish uh at 10 to 1 whoa, 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 whoa. you're using yes, mish
1: i am You're not using raise the rent correct so you just called mish a career maiden Yes. Making fun of raise the rent. And now you're gonna yes. use the horse that's a quote unquote career maiden.
0: Yes, because I didn't think the horse was any good until now. Because now oh. Irad just saw that horse get its <laughs> ass whooped by 16 lengths last time out. And like I just was talking about, that horse probably is trash. Why is Irad jumping on a horse at 10 to 1 here? Why? Because he's 44 percent with Safi. I hate this horse. Except that it's Ride and Safi together, and I have a rule that I never not play them because it's a flip of a coin if that horse is going to win.
1: Okay, can I, can I tell you a different story on why I like this horse?
0: <laughs> yeah, can you actually handicap for the fans? That'd be great. Yeah, yes, please. No problem. Draw a line for the <laughs> turf.
1: There are four turf efforts. 23, 46, 49, 57 buyer in that order. So let's talk just the dirt races. 70 in a maiden special weight. ran well, just got beat. This is a career maiden, by the way. who broke its maiden in the seventh start. I've seen much more career maidens. <laughs> Comes back at six furlongs at Gulfstream Park. Just misses to raise the rent. Or loses by two lengths to raise the rent. Comes back and shows a different versatile st- style. Off the pace. Closes to break its maiden at six and a half furlongs. And then goes to Kentucky. Where they go 21 and 4, 45 and change. And the horse is forwardly placed and just quits off it. So it faces the toughest he ever has in Kentucky. Totally willing to draw a line through that you draw a line through the th- turf races and all of a sudden you have a horse that's improved in every start on the dirt who has now upgraded its trainer who has upgraded its jockey and you're getting 10 to 1 on the rail and you have some speed here like i, I think this horse takes a ton of sense
0: i'm glad that you actually handicapped that beyond it's safety it's irad why the hell not uh flip of a coin um Let's see, so that was, all right, so that's the real horse. The other horse I used, I did go with the eight, uh, twice too many. Another reason I didn't use the seven, so if I, the eight was my top pick in here. I couldn't use the seven at three to one as well. Um, this is a horse that I'm really hoping finally got, it's because of the trainer switch that this, we're suddenly seeing this improvement. This, you wanna talk about another possible career maiden. We got the maiden broken in the eighth start. Uh, but in the two starts, since the horse was claimed for $35,000, Crichton ran this horse back protected claims for 35 runs back protected breaks the maiden against open maiden special weights by four and a half lengths uh beats the next out winner then missed going shorter at this level five and a half furlongs by diminishing half length under Paco who's returning here plus you see that 46 and four work from the gate uh for the last work here on December 3rd I think this horse is, is loaded for barrier I think Paco's gonna be really anxious to get this horse home
1: yeah I mean I, I looked at the horse um I just I couldn't get there. I mean, it's, it was, it's one of those where I had it at as my fourth horse in the race, which, you know, obviously like it, but the 86 and 94 just came out of nowhere. And I realized it was off the layoff and it was the first time, two times for Crichton and, and that we're protecting here. I, I realized all of that stuff, but man, those are big time steps forward. <laughs> um, and... Ugh. Like, you go back and you look at that 94.2, and you look at the other horses in there, no one else in that race had run a 90 before that. And we talked about, like, these false races sometimes. We had it at Saratoga, where we, we targeted that one race. I can't remember the horse's name now. But there was three horses that we threw out the entire meet that ran 0 for 8, I think it was, and the, that finished 1, 2, and 3, that all ran plus 90 buyers in a maiden special weight. Well, this kind of reminds me of that same race where the first and second place for runners wildly outperform any any buyer, any number that you can point back to in their past. And so all of a sudden, you got to say, well, are we sure this race actually was that fast? Or did something kind of funky happen with how the, the numbers came back from a buyer perspective? Because we do see those false buyers every now and then. Yeah. Um, I feel like this is kind of one of those. And then you combine that with, you know, I handicapped not without the morning line. And then I see that this horse is 9 to 5 on the morning line. I'm like, all right, I, I, I can't use the 8. And that the, the, those two combinations really cost me. Now, if this short horse shows up at 10 to 1 on the morning line, I'm much more interested. But at nine to five, the shortest price in the field with a horse that I think might be a paper tiger, I'm going to chuck that horse out.
0: With, with the two buyers that are, especially that 94 is going to be the best last out for anyone in this field. Yeah, if it wasn't for the trainer switch uh, those two buyers would jump out at me as, as being fake. I'm going to f- go with, listen, there, there's two of them now. So once was an accident, twice we're starting to see a pattern. But great point. And by the way, to Mike's point, that 9-5, to five, uh, I don't think we maybe we're close to that because of that 94 buyer. But uh, uh, like Mike and I said, we saw 1 and 6 here. We just split between the 7 and the 8. Uh, moving on, the third leg of the late pick 4 sequence at Goldstream Park on Saturday, January 8th, race 10 on the card is a 6 furlong dirt sprint for open uh, open company optional claiming Older fillies and Mares. Uh there's ten of them in this race. Favoritism is on number five psychic ability. Hey, it's Irad and Safi. Do you think Magic used this horse? Uh first time in the Safi barn angle, uh here as well. Number three, Miss Susie is four to one. You've got number six sprout wings at nine to two, number seven, wild America five to one, and then pick your price after that. Where are you going?
1: I thought this is a really tough race. I did use the, the the five horse here um psychic ability on top. I, look, the, the horse looks like it, it should be absolutely loaded. It's it's Safi and it's Irad and This race actually, I thought, came up really, really tough for the level. I mean, you had a lot of different directions I thought you could go here. The race last time at Delaware was rough. The race two back faced our Adios jersey, who is a very, very good horse. Four back faced Fluffy Socks over the turf and set the pace in that spot before folding. Um, This horse is faced much better than what we're seeing here. I like the barn switch. I like we get the fact that we get Ired. I like the fact that this horse is going to close. It, I mean, there is a lot, a lot, a lot of speed in this spot. So I feel like someone coming from off the pace is going to end up having the advantage. I think that the five uh, psychic ability really fits that. For me, I'm going to use only going two deep here, This It's going to be my shortest, uh, shortest race in the sequence. I'm going to use a 15 to one shot as my other play here. I'm going to use awesome anne I mentioned the pace. And you go back and you look at the last race. There were, I think, six of them that came out of that race. Five or six of the horses. We Miss Susie ends up winning it. And if you want to look up, if you look up tripped out in the dictionary, it's, it's the way We Miss Susie won. Like Everyone else came six lengths, six pass off the rail. And We Miss Susie just kind of waltzed right through the rail and won easy in that race. Uh, Sprout, and Wild America ends up running second there, who's kind of set the pace and just, just couldn't hold off We Miss Susie after that wild trip. I actually like the four horse, Awesome Amory Marie, the most coming out of here. And it's interesting because the horse was eight to one in, or five to one in that race and was, was wildly outran, but it was the first time the horse was coming off a layoff or the first time off a layoff. So we're getting second off a layoff here, which by the way, Herbert Miller two for eight at that rate with a $3 and 45 cent ROI. I think the horse could take a huge step forward here. And if you go back to six furlong Gulfstream races, we've got 77, 81 buyers there midway through that four-year-old campaign. This horse is very bit, every bit capable of taking a monster step up here and running a low 80s to mid 80s buyer. And you're going to get the pace set up that the four is looking for. So you combine those two things. I'm just going to go too deep here. I'm going to try and get a big time price home in the four, but I also do like the five quite a bit
0: trying to go back and find, I just realized, uh, and I'm so mad at myself for just now realizing this, that we covered that, I think we covered this exact race that six of these horses are coming out of. Um, I'll go, go back and keep looking. I'm with you on Psychic Ability, by the way. My top choice here uh, as well. Uh, lone victory over this, in the, or lone try over this course resulted in victories against Florida breeds, but this is not really that strong of a group to make me you know, think that this is that different of a class. Uh, by the way, the other horse that you're using is a Florida bred as well, so clearly you're not thinking the Florida breeds are at a disadvantage here either. Um, I didn't use the four, but I applaud you for for going with a 15 to 1 shot that I think has an outside shot, especially that you're going to get every bit of that price, I think. So uh, I don't blame you for that one. I'm going to use a seven Wild America, who was second in that race last out. And then I'm going to forgive her for finishing second, not holding out. A, because we miss Susie, as you said, got that just beautiful trip. That hole was, you know, big as the Grand Canyon. Um, it seemed like she was. That was her first start in a couple of months. It was her first time at Gulfstream Park. Uh, Saez, it was his first time riding. Saez is coming back to ride. She is going to, I would expect her to set the pace. She's drawn outside there. She was, you know, a. Uh, she had horses to her outside a little bit here. Here, I don't think it's going to be that big of an issue for her. So I'm going to use her. This is a $400,000 purchase. They th- clearly thought a lot of her. Uh, she does have a half sister who was with Bob Baffert. She's since retired, but had multiple 80 plus buyers sprinting on the dirt before she retired. So the family ability is there. The price tag is there. Size is riding. I'm going to go with the seven.
1: Uh didn't hate the seven. Um, just Ended up not going that deep. I mean, you're picking kind of it's interesting. You're picking all the horses that I kind of had in that third or fourth spot. Um, and by the way, that was totally a sequence we covered. It was uh, Dennis's moment in the Mister Prospector was the feature yep. race that day. Um, I don't think either of us. I think we actually hit it without we miss Susie who busted both of us open on that uh, that specific sequence. Uh, Wild America is interesting to me. We, we I mentioned that race. It's the same race that the the four is coming out of. Um, this is second-off a layoff for him as well. I, I I could see this horse taking a step forward. For me, it was the speed problem. I just I see so much pace in this spot. I think the nine is going to go. The seven I think has to go here. Um, you got some speed on the rail as well from the one horse, My Destiny. I, I just I feel like you're going to see a couple horses hook up, and that's going to make it really tough for Wild America to hold some of these others off late.
0: Yeah, it, it is a question about that. I mean, I'm I'm kind of banking, uh, kind of. How you were, you convinced me with Flying Scotsman uh, could potentially get loose. That's the way I was seeing this, but it, yeah, it's very much, very much a stretch. I'm aware of that. Let's move on to the fourth and final leg of the late pick four sequence at Goldstream Park on Saturday, January eighth. Race eleven goes back on the turf. I'm actually a little sad, Mike. It's the first time we covered Goldstream All Meet. No synthetic. I was starting to finally get my footing. <laughs> you, you started were talking with, you started shit with me about over. it
1: every time, and now you're sad. It's
0: not going to happen. Yeah, I'm, I listen, I miss it. Uh, my friends were talking on their podcast the other day uh, about how much they hate golf. They spent like five minutes bitching about it, and then they just like, simultaneously, man, I miss golf. That's how I feel about <laughs> Gulfstream Synthetic. But hey, we're here for the turf. We've got 12 million three-year-olds plus four also-eligibles routing a mile on the turf. Interesting race condition because if you're a Florida bred, you race protected. If you're not a Florida bred, you're in for a $50,000 tag. Favoritism is one of those $50,000 runners. That's the seven. Guchko brought seven and two for Todd Pletcher, Irad Ortiz Jr. But Mike, this feels like a very wide open field. Go as deep as you want to go here. Where'd you go on top?
1: Oh, man, I was hoping for a better price. Um, We used this angle to get KC Chief home a couple weeks ago. The two horse Globes, um, there's not a ton of speed in this spot. And last time out, the two horse ran on the synthetic track, which has, you know, really not. We didn't carry speed at all early on in the season. That race is on October 23rd. The horse showed a ton of speed, ran well, ends up running uh, fourth behind two next out winners. Uh, it just couldn't hold its speed, right? Now, all of a sudden, you get Paco up. We're switching over to turf where speed is much, much better. You're gelding. You're adding Lasix. And I don't see anyone else who wants to go. I could see the two horse wiring this field. I was hoping we are going to get eight to 10 to one because of that last race, but it looks like someone else is onto it. I'm going to use the two horse on top here at nine to two. It's my only must use in this spot. It's one that I'd actually look to win bet here. If I'm able to get a price at somewhere around five to one.
0: Uh, I'm with you on Globes. We uh, I went five deep. You went four deep here, so we agree on this one. Let's talk about the favorite, who we also agreed on, the Seven Guchko. Bra. Uh, it's interesting, Todd Pleasure adding blinkers. This feels like now we're taking a class drop after being a maiden special weight, a horse that was second on debut at Saratoga on the turf. Mike then goes as a maiden into a Grade Three stakes. and you know is fourth, but isn't you know terrible. Isn't last in that race. Then what happened? Why? What what happened? What happened here, Mike? <laughs>
1: I don't know. Well, you had a a race that comes off the turf. Right. And so that one's excusable. Yeah. Um, And then you have a synthetic effort, which is kind of a head scratcher. Um, And now we're getting back onto the turf. It's interesting that we're dropping in for a tag. And and so that's that was my main reason for not including the seven higher up here. And it's not like it's interesting. You actually see distorted humor. You look up the synthetic route numbers, 16 percent versus turf routes only 13 percent. So it's not like you had a big excuse on the synthetic either. Um, so I'm concerned about the seven. I did use the seven. I kind of want to take the seven off my ticket now, (laughs) because this is one that's to me, it's like right on that, that cusp, um, because my tickets only 36 bucks, like I'm going to end up using this one. Uh, but yeah, it's kind of a question mark. And this is one of those where like, if you look at the daily doubles and this horse getting hammered in the doubles, I would play against it in the doubles. And I would play, uh, you know, the previous race, I look at the five, five, two double or the four, two double and try and find a way to beat the seven in that spot.
0: Um, A horse that I love here that uh, I love the breeding as much as anything. We'll see if uh, the horse ends up loving turf. That's the five. Tap the speed of sound from Mark Cassie. This is a son of Tappet out of a Medaglia Doro Dam named 1.3 carats. And if that name is familiar, it should be. She birthed Tappet to win, who is a graded stakes winner. She birthed Super Stonehenge, a multiple graded stakes winner. This is the third full. a full to Tappet to win, who's got a lot of speed. And, and it sounds like tap the speed of sound is probably going to be there too. I'm very curious to see what this horse is able to do on turf. You have that work. I had palm meadows on five furlongs, not super fast, but I think that that was far out enough that Cassie you thought it was okay. It's still a good idea to enter this horse on the turf, so hopefully can rebound from that debut. Which, by the way, you lose to Emmanuel, who's going to be a big you know Kentucky Derby trail candidate. So it's not the worst horse to lose to on debut, right?
1: Yeah, no, it's it's not at all. And like you said, this horse has an opportunity to have a ton of talent. I, I'm surprised it's actually 15 to one because I was taking a peek at this horse. I ended up not using it. Um, look, I just. Yes. I have, and this is personally, like Cassie just hasn't, his runners haven't seemed to been blowing people away and he's doing well in the synthetic, which is interesting because he comes from a Woodbine, Oakland, or Woodbine <laughs> which you yeah. think has a pretty good uh, transition there. And I, one of the things I've done the synthetic, I've definitely noticed is trainers that have a higher percentage on the synth- synthetic are beating the trainers who have not started on synthetic very much. So that's kind of one thing I've been looking at quite a bit um, over at Gulfstream Park and it's, it's so far so good everywhere else he hasn't been that great and like i'm not going to try and talk you off this one with a price because that's a monster number but that first effort wasn't great the workout no, isn't no. great.
0: Uh, Cassie <laughs> hasn't
1: been great like to me it's just it's just enough here where i'm not going to include him but i wouldn't tell you to take him off your ticket
0: Yeah, that 15 to 1 really seals the deal. Looking at the family and everything, I'm like, I'm going to take it at 15 to 1. Uh, But 13 to 1 on debut. So, again, against Emmanuel. But, yeah, that horse probably, if the horse was going to be a real runner on debut, they would have bet it a little bit there. Uh, Your next uh, next horse you want to talk about from your ticket, please. Yeah, so the other
1: one that I I had up there was the nine-horse Charming Charlie. Uh, Horse showed speed going a mile on the dirt. That race was rained off the turf first time out. Came back at a mile and 16th on the turf and ran a little bit better. But those were both against the maiden special weight level. The last one was maiden special weight eighty. It was a turf race late in the turf season in New York, where you have some decent horses trying to break their maiden before traveling. So that those fields are, are usually pretty decent. Had a little bit of trouble early, but not too much um, in that last race. I like the fact i think this is really your other speed horse if the two horse doesn't end up going i think the nine is the one that i'm most concerned about making the lead if charling charlie is able to I, you know I, I think this is a horse that has every opportunity to be able to beat these it's not a, a bunch of world beaters in here and so if you're able to find a way or an angle to get a horse that you like to a position I, to me that that makes a ton of sense And in this case charming charlie going to the front is the position that i wanted to be in so I, I like the two and the nine but mainly because of their forwardly placed abilities I'm also interested in the horse right to the inside. Astral Weeks, um, six to one on the morning line. This is Stidham with Sia's up. Uh, horses adding Lasix. It's just, this horse has a, a a pretty good family. The Dam is an unraised sister of Queenie Bell, who uh, was a grade two winner with six wins, 600,000, 605,000. So this horse is also half the playwright, half the beautiful Karen, two horses that have won over $200,000 each up in New York. So the family is good. Um, so I have quite a bit that I like about that side of it. That first race, too, to me, is just a complete throwout. If you go back and watch it, the winner went wire to wire. It just was one of those races where, yeah, okay. you know. And then I like the fact that this is a Mohamed that stands for 7,500, sells for 8- 85,000. It's a reasonable spot to be in for the second time out. I think turf should treat this horse pretty well. Um, so I ended up going four D here. I'm going to go two, seven, eight, and nine to close this out.
0: Well, I'll tell you, Mike, uh, I was on the fence about the 9 and didn't use because of the price, but you just convinced me to put him back on. So, uh, yeah, so we got agreement on there. Um, I didn't use the 8, but uh, it's going to be interesting stretching out as well from face, uh, sprinting on dirt against New York Reds to now we're going to be routing uh, for a 50K tag on turf. Um, interesting. We'll see. Size picking up definitely uh, gives you kind of pause if you were against the horse, which I am, but uh, I'm not going to knock you for taking that horse. Uh, looking back, I'm going to use Squeeze Me Mike, and I can't believe you didn't use Squeeze Me Mike. <laughs> uh, Second career start for Liz Doble. Uh, ran a pretty decent set improving second on debut uh, behind Night Jumper, routing at Gulfstream Park um, I, I'm going to use this horse because he's got uh, the experience over the turf course uh, Elizabeth Dobless is very strong with turf horses routing horses, not great off of a long layup but Shanta Sutherland, I've noticed she's been riding really well at Gulfstream when I've been watching and is 15% with Dobliss so at 8-1 I'm going to take a chance on Squeeze Me Mike who I think has every reason to improve second start, now getting a Lasix for the first time
1: Yeah, big uh, gate improvement too. You're going from the seven posts out of 10 horses going seven and a half, which is awfully tough at Gulfstream Park because you're you're usually going to get hung a little bit wide there. Uh, you got to come out of the
0: gate and just turn.
1: (laughs) More or less. I mean, it's it's fast, man. And then then you have – here you're getting the one post. So you should be able to save a bunch of ground as long as you're able to break uh, at least a little sharp. So don't hate to use the one. uh, Just – yeah didn't
0: end up making it for me. <laughs> last one on for me, six space runner, I'll go quick here. Uh, he's coming out of a couple of sprints. Um, tried the turf last time out. Was Could have been in for the tag and wasn't because uh, of Florida bread. Returns to the exact same level. Was bet down to five to two in that sprint. Is now 10 to one stretching out. Uh, Brody's calls out of a dist- uh, distorted humor. mare says a mile should be within this horse's reach. Is not buried way on the outside in the parking lot with the draw. We're getting Junior Alvarado to ride for, for Gilbert Reserva. They don't ride together that often, but they've got a one for four record. So I'm throwing on because I am Curious to see that they were like, okay, the turf. That it seems like the horse probably likes the turf. Now let's stretch out. Horse could be completely gassed halfway through the race, but I'm going to take a shot at ten to one.
1: Yeah, I, I, I am. This is the one I'm worried about from the speed perspective. Is and if, if it wasn't Junior Alvarado, if this was, if if Carmillo had stayed up, I'd be much more interested in the six because you know he's going to push Alvarado. You're not so sure how it's going to going to end up. Um, other issue, Brody's cause I think is a five percent turf sire. Um, it's, it's, I think he's five for. 80 something um so not not great on the turf on the brody's cause side either so those two together to me was the reason to leave this one off but if someone scratches out this would be the next one and for me specifically if it's the two or the nine this horse almost auto makes the ticket because it's the other speed horse and i want the horse that's going to be in the lead uh going around that first turn
0: I was gonna ask you if there because there are the four also eligibles, if any of them make it in, and by the way, if they draw in, they're gonna be parked in the parking lot for the gate. Was there any one of those four that caught your attention? I kind of like the fifteen a little bit, but that post is gonna be terrible.
1: Yeah, I mean, Testa would be the one that I'd be interested too. And and if you look at the last time out, broke eleven out of eleven in that Casey Chief race where we so this was horse was hung all the way wide last time. Casey Chief was in the four posts and wired that field. Um, came back in the stakes race so that race is actually coming back decent didn't run very well in the stakes race but made the lead and and was there until midway through the stretch so not awful especially when i think the stakes was a mile and 16th and that last effort was seven and a half so was stretching out there as well so i I don't hate testa um that's when you kind of have to demand that price on though it was just because you're you're so far out there i'm not sure six to one is enough for me to be interested
0: That's good to have. Episode sort of the Magic Mike Show. Thanks for joining, Mike. And I, I go through the late pick four sequence at Gulfstream Park on Saturday, January eighth. Before we uh, give out our tickets, or uh, one last time, Mike, I missed this comment from Bree earlier in the chat, asking uh, in race two uh, about in race uh, sorry race nine, like two about the five horse ampersand. Uh, neither of us used thirty seconds. Why did you not use the five ampersand here?
1: Um. To me, the numbers in the last two don't fit. The number back in Saratoga was good, but that number at Saratoga, which is the only one that I think wins the race, is one of those paper tiger races. Finished 15 lengths behind, but if you know who was in the lead, that was Baby Yoda, Olympiad, and Ducale. Um, I think Ducale was actually one of those horses that we might have had fade the whole time. Mm-hmm. I, I, now it's starting to come back to me. I could probably figure it out when you're talking about this. But that, to me, the one buyer is a paper tiger buyer. And to, to when you get that buyer and you lose by 15 lengths, that makes it, for me, even less... Valuable as a data point. Um, I, I wanted like because a lot of times we talk about you know buyers that come back and graded stakes that are higher than the, the horse's career buyers and they finish eighth or seventh in them. To me, those aren't data points because like there's a reason that buyer came back and part of it's the class that you were facing, not necessarily what you did. And when you're 15 lengths back, I don't really care about the class you were facing. You got smoked in that spot, and the other horses out of there have not been as good. And Olympiad has been pretty good, but Baby Yoda has not been as good as that race was. Um, and Ducale I. I Think beat an optional N1X. I think it was next time out. So it wasn't like this was stakes caliber horses that were destroying them. It's horses that tried stakes later, and Baby Yoda tried a Grade One, but again, got beat pretty good. Um, So for me, that that one race that you point to as the big race is one that I don't believe is necessarily a, a true number
0: and I would agree with what you said there um, I will say because Brie, I don't remember seeing your name from way back in uh, September when we were doing the show uh, but the way that th- I understand why Bree asked about that because you, everything about how you would handicap you're like, well that, that makes sense if you didn't know that specific race that's a race that Mike and I have talked about ad nauseum on the show because of all those horses showing up in stakes races after that but understandably that is a, a, a good question so uh, I'm glad you asked that we are going to give out our tickets one last time so if you're watching live the replay take a look down below I'll go ahead and give mine out we both both have thirty-six-dollar tickets because Mike uh, convinced me to add a horse in the last. So I'll go first. I'm gonna go one five with one six eight with five seven and then one two five six seven nine for thirty-six dollars.
1: That's a lot of horses in the last there, Magic. I'm gonna go one three five with one six seven with four five with two seven eight nine. They'll cost you thirty-six bucks for fifty cents. Uh, and again, Magic six would be the next one in for me if we do lose the two or the nine there in the last.
0: Uh, over at RacingDudes.com, we've got the previews for, uh, uh, the, well, there's only three stakes races this weekend, but we also have Oakland park race of the day. So every single day for the Oakland park entire meet, Aaron Hulton is going to have the feature race. It's going to have a full analysis and Aaron has been really crushing it with the long shot picks in those. So make sure you go check those out. Uh, we have some football coming up still this weekend, uh, the last weekend of actual NFL regular season games, uh, Pittsburgh, Mike Tomlin, still no losing seasons. Gotta love that guy. <laughs> Uh, dudes of bet sports number 41 was on earlier today. Make sure you check that out. Aaron Halchman and Papa dude, uh, talk about, uh, all of the NFL games and the college football playoffs. We'll need to talk about that because that's Monday, right? So we can talk about the, the championship game Monday.
1: Yeah, we can talk about the championship game Monday. I, in the NFL this weekend, I, I haven't touched anything and I'm not planning on doing anything until closer to actual game time just because of COVID, man. I mean, it's brutal with, with the, the fact that a lot of these teams aren't playing for anything and then the, the also the COVID side of it. It's really tough to have big time opinions and you see games swing wildly. I mean, I don't know anyone last night, if you were watching, I, I'm sorry if you were, the Texas Tech-Iowa State game. Texas <laughs> Tech ends up traveling with seven. And only could play seven the whole game. I think the final score was like fifty to forty-six. It was a wildly low-scoring game. Uh, Iowa State, who I was on, giving two and a half, was it scored two points in the first thirteen minutes of second half? Something wild like that. I mean, it was just it was it's set back basketball years. But those are examples where like COVID just took out the Texas A&M team, and, and so they're number twenty-five in the nation, traveling with seven, and that's really tough to play with. And you know, we see some interesting quarterbacks starting. Uh, obviously, the Kansas State LSU game was awfully interesting as well. So. For me, it's tough to play these games right now until the actual day of.
0: It kinda of reminds me of uh, my fraternity. I wasn't I didn't play the, the sports and the sports I didn't play sports for our fraternity's intramural team. Uh, but with basketball, they were like, We need guys and so I just, you know, I'm six so I went Uh, And it was like that, like they're calling in the scrubs like me to come in and play just so that they didn't have to forfeit a game. Uh, I think we similarly lost by about the same margin.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But it should be fun on Monday night. I'm looking forward to that game. That one should be a blast with Georgia and Alabama playing again. Uh, It was was amazing. Alabama looked better all over the field, everywhere, when they faced each other in the SEC championship game. And now you have... Bama catching three right now against Georgia. So it's interesting to see Georgia as the favorite, um, especially since, you know, Bama, I, I thought had to play a little bit tougher of opponents in Cincinnati than Michigan. So uh, interesting to see Bama catching the points right now. Uh, that would probably be where I'd lean three days ahead of time, but uh, we'll see what happens.
0: I have a feeling that it's going to swing. So I took, I actually took uh, Bama on the mon- the money line. Uh, what I get? 125 plus 125? Yeah, because I, I, I can't believe that they're not going to be favored. To win, so uh, by the time the game comes around, so I locked in at that. Uh, also, later today at racenews.com, actually, in about uh, 13 minutes, no, oh, it's not up here, rats. Uh, the Blickers Off guys are going to be going live, so uh, tune in for that one. It's going to be interesting because uh, there's a lot of snow that happened where I think Jared's in Aurora, Missouri, wherever he is in Missouri, there's a lot of snow that happened. And suffice to say, his parents can't travel to come take care of the boys while he's doing the show. So that show is literally going to get interrupted with his boys constantly. It's going to be mayhem, it's going to be a lot of fun. They're just going to run with it, so I'll uh, make Make sure you tune into them in 12 minutes here on the YouTube channel. Uh, over here, I'm showing you on the screen the YouTube channel that we have. Plenty of different race previews for you. There's Mike and I that we did earlier today. The one that Jared and I recorded the Sandy Nest Stakes, which is Kentucky Oaks Prep. That's going to be up later. Uh, check this video out if you haven't yet. Uh, Aaron Hultrim and I sat down to talk about the ongoing Bob Baffert saga and basically the three different paths that we could go down and what the ramifications will be, how likely it is. So it was a fun discussion. You can check that out. Mike, before we get out of here, tell me one more time about Sam Houston. I'm excited, man.
1: We got a free grid up. If you follow me on Twitter, Samovam18, uh, it's sitting there. Also have uh, the Equinette show, Good Chalk, Bad Chalk, with my buddy Brady that we're doing tonight at 9 o'clock. We'll be on during Sam Houston, so checking that out as well. Uh, I mean, I should be two for two on the card. I'm kind of pissed that five didn't go by in the stretch. And then the five in the second, race got absolutely hammered. Um, but, yeah, I'll be live playing the Sam Houston card later. I think we got Charlestown going too. So we'll have Sam Houston and Charlestown, that's 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Pacific. Um, yeah, and then check out my picks. They're up, uh, up there right now. On, uh, on at Samoam 18, so you get the full card coverage
0: there. I'm trying to get there, but the chat's just blown up. Everybody's too excited about Sam Houston. Uh, yeah, Sam Houston's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Mike and I covered it, but basically, in a nutshell, this place has got ridiculously low takeout throughout the meet for your pick threes, your pick fours, pick fives, your pick sixes. So uh, we always talk about the importance of of the tracks with the 12% takeout, and you should vote with your dollars. We mean it. And so Mike and I did that big hype video for Sam Houston. Mike is going to be posting his picks here, as you see on the screen, very slowly. <laughs> They're there. I promise. I promise that they're there. That black. There it goes. It disappeared. So, yeah, uh, make sure you follow Mike on Twitter. He is at someabomb18, number one, number eight. I am at Curtis Keller, Corporate Overlords, at Racing underscore Dudes. Again, they will be live in 10 minutes with blinkers off, so don't go anywhere. Just go to the bathroom real quick and get a drink and come back. Uh, we will see you on Monday to talk about the college football championship game and, of course, the horse racing action that was. Until then, I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. Good luck this weekend.
1: The Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts
0: speak. The Magic Mike Show, tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show, you can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com.
1: Death, taxes, and Magic Mike on Monday.